Blog Talk Radio. Raised in a room, 
by a Corvero, which means healer, and that was his mother, and an Aglal, which means shaman, which was his grandfather. The family anticipated that Nagur would embrace their centuries-old legacy of healing and teaching and carry forward the, the esoteric Toltec knowledge. However, instead, distracted by modern life, Nagur chose to attend a medical school and become a surgeon. But after a near-death experience, his life was changed. Late one night in the early 1970s, he awoke suddenly, having fallen asleep at the hood of his car. And at that instant, the car careened into a wall of concrete, and Don Miguel remembered that he was not in his physical body as he pulled his two friends to safety. Stunned by this experience, he began an intensive practice of self-inquiry. He devoted himself to the mastery of the ancient wisdom and, and actually learned and studied earnestly with his mother and completed an apprenticeship with a powerful shaman in the Mexican desert. His grandfather, who had since passed on, continued to teach him in his dreams. And in the tradition of the Taltec, a Nagual guides an individual to personal freedom, and Don Miguel Ruiz was a Nagual from the Eagle Knight lineage and had dedicated his life to sharing the wisdom of the ancient Taltec. In the four agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz reveals the source of self-limiting beliefs that rob us of joy and create needless suffering. Based on ancient Taltic wisdom, the four agreements offer a powerful code of conduct that can rapidly transform our lives to a new experience of freedom, true happiness, and love. And as I mentioned last month, I interviewed Dr. Maladomi Sobe on my show that was in October 23, 2010. And at the time, he talked about the healing attributes of the African drum and its relationship with our ancestors our family, and our collective community. And I would like to, at this time, to suggest that you log on to that show on my blog talk radio site and click on the archives to listen to that segment when you get a chance. I mentioned earlier about the new program, uh, which began a month, a month ago, my announcement, that I created a program called the One Billion Drumming for Peace Group Network. It came to me from spirit that every family within the African diaspora and other communities that are committed to healing and reconnecting to our African roots should have an African drum in their home. And the goal, the goal is to have at least one million homes with drums by the end of the year 2011, and to have this grow exponentially each following year until it reaches the total of one billion. And it is my hope and prayer that this will happen within my lifetime. Uh, you can join the Facebook site by going to the link which is www.drumsoffreedom.com. I repeat, that's drumsoffreedom.com. And if you're interested in purchasing an African drum just in time, uh, well, actually, we're in uh, Black History Month uh, this uh, February. And by the way, I, I believe that Black History Month, uh, Black History should be celebrated uh, 365 days of the year, 12-7. Uh, so I'd like you to feel free to go to my site, which is drumsofchange, drumsofspirit.com, or you can just log into drumsofchange.com. And oh, yes, you'll be able to purchase drums via my associate uh, partnership, and some of the drums are priced as low as $19, even lower, which includes shipping and handling. And I call these drums 
starter drums would make a perfect gift for youngsters and first-time drummers. And there you will find also drums for adults and those of you who are experienced and professional drummers. And, of course, we recommend that you go to your local African drum store in your community so that you can support the merchants uh, within your area. The drums that you purchase from my site will financially support the brothers and sisters in Africa and make them uh, able to export them here and abroad and make a profit, of course, more so than they've ever experienced before. I'd like you to also please take a look at the YouTube video on the front page of my website, drumsofchange.com, and the video has me uh, performing and playing at the Washington Monument during President Obama's inauguration in honoring of our ancestors and his becoming the first African-American president. And I talk about that also on the video towards the end. As always, I ask you to call in with your comments about the book itself or with general comments regarding this book and any other books written by Don Miguel, who is. And just share, if you believe in the principles of the Four Agreements and other cultural traditions uh, of indigenous people throughout the world. Have you had experiences with any of these traditions, and are you involved with any religious or spiritual path which does not recognize these traditions? And does the belief in ritual, magic, or initiation conflict with your family values or upbringing? So please feel free to share your point of view. And, of course, there's no right or wrong answers on this show. And everybody's thoughts are, and opinions are respected. This show will also inform you of practical tips for enhancing your overall quality of life, spirit, mind, and body. And, I, of course, I know sad as always that I'm not a medical doctor, and I'm not giving medical advice in any way. But what I do share is what personally works for me and my family, and I hope that you, too, will find some benefit. But as in all things, please check with the licensed medical professional before embarking on any changes in your health routine that you might uh, hear on this show. So at this point, I'd like to take a short break, and when I return, I will begin reading from the four agreements uh, from where we left off, which starts, I think that's chapter four, uh, which represents the agreement of always do your best. The chat room is open, so please feel free to enter and interact with each other. And for those of you who are listening in on the Internet, please call with this number, which is 323-927-1412. Again, that's 323-927-1412. And if you wish to speak with us, please remove your headsets and stand away from the computer modem so that you can avoid feedback. All right, I hope you enjoy the show, and I'll be right back with you.
thank all of you for uh, spending, for taking your time this evening to spend with us. And uh, I'm pretty excited about this uh, uh, portion of the book, which uh, is something that we all can constantly uh, take heed to and remind ourselves to always try to do our best. Uh, this is the fifth chapter of the Four Agreements, and I'm going to start by uh, just sharing the uh, input that he shares with us on this chapter. There is just one more agreement, and, and it's the one that allows us, uh, one that allows the other three to become deeply ingrained habits. The fourth agreement is about the action of the first three. Always do your best. Under any circumstance, always do your best, no more and no less. But keep in mind that your best is never going to be the same from one moment to the next moment. Everything is alive and changing all the time. So your best will be sometimes be a high quality and other times it will not be as good. When you wake up refreshed and energized in the morning, your best will be better than when you are tired at night. Your best will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick, or sober as opposed to drunk. Your best will depend on whether you are feeling or feeling wonderful and happy or upset, angry, or jealous. In your everyday moods, your best can change from one moment to another, from one hour to the next, from one day to another. Your best will always change over time. And as you build a habit of the four new agreements, your best will become better than it used to be. Regardless of the quality, keep doing your best. No more and no less than your best. If you try too hard to do more than your best, you will spend more energy than is indeed needed, and in the end, your best will not be enough. When you overdo, you deplete your body and go against yourself. And it will take you longer to accomplish your goal. But if you do less than your best, you subject, you subject yourself to frustration, self-judgment, guilt, and regrets. Just do your best. In any circumstance in your life, it doesn't matter if you're sick or tired. If you always do your best, there is no way you can judge yourself. And if you don't judge yourself, there is no way you're going to suffer from guilt, blame, and self-punishment. By always doing your best, you will break a big spell that you had been under for many years. There was a man who wanted to transcend his suffering, so he went to a Buddhist temple to find a master to help him. He went to the master and asked, Master, if I meditate four times a day, how long would it take me to transcend? The master looked at him and said, if you meditate four hours a day, perhaps you will transcend in ten years. Thinking he could do better, the man then said, oh, master, what if I meditated eight hours a day? How long would it take me to transcend? The master looked at him and said, if you meditate eight hours a day, perhaps you will transcend in 20 years. The man replied, but why will it take me longer if I meditate more, the man asked. The master replied, you are not here to sacrifice your joy or your life. You are here to live. 
to be happy and to love. If you can do your best in two hours of meditation, but you spend eight hours instead, you will only grow tired, miss the point, and you won't enjoy your life. Do your best, and perhaps you will learn that no matter how long you meditate, you can live, love, and be happy. Doing your best, you're going to live your life intensely. You're going to be productive. You're going to be good to yourself because you will be giving yourself to your family, to your community, to everything. But it is the action that is going to make you find intensely happy. When you always do your best, you take action. Doing your best is taking the action because you love it, not because you're expecting reward. Most people do exactly the opposite. They only take action when they expect the reward. And they don't enjoy the action. And that's the reason why they don't do their best. For example, most people go to work every day just thinking of payday and the money they will get from the work they're doing. They can hardly wait for Friday or Saturday. Whatever day they receive their money and can take that time off, they're working for the reward. And as a result, they resist work. They try to avoid the action and it becomes more difficult, and they don't do their best. They work so hard all week long, suffering the work, suffering the action, not because they like to, but because they find they have to. They have to work because they have to pay their rent, because they have to support their family. They have all that frustration, and when they do receive their money, they are, not, they are unhappy. They have two days to rest. To do what? they want to do and what they and, and what do they do? They try to escape. They, they get drunk because they don't like themselves. They don't like their life. And there are many ways that we hurt ourselves when we don't like who we are. On the other hand, if you take action just for the sake of doing it without expecting a reward, you will find that you enjoy every action you do. Rewards will come but you are not attached to the reward. You can even get more than you would have imagined for yourself without expecting a reward. If we like what we do, if we always do our best, then we are really enjoying life. We are having fun. We don't get bored. We don't have frustrations. And when you do your best, you don't give the judge the opportunity to find you guilty or to blame you. If you have done your best and the judge tries to judge you according to your book of laws, you've got the answer. I did my best. There are no regrets. That is why we always do our best. It is not an easy agreement to keep, but this agreement is really going to set you free. When you do your best, you learn to accept yourself, but you have to be aware and learn from your mistakes. Learning from your mistakes means you, you practice, you look honestly at the results, and keep practicing. This increases your awareness. And doing your best really doesn't feel like work because you're enjoying whatever you're doing. You know you're doing your best when you're enjoying the action or doing it in a way that will not have negative repercussions for you. You do your best because you want to do it and because you have to do it, and not because you're trying to please the judge, but not because you're trying to please other people. And if you take action because you have to, then 
there's no way you're going to do your best. The benefit is better not to do it. No, you do you do your best because doing your best all the time makes you so happy. And when you are doing your best just for the pleasure of doing it, you are taking action because you enjoy the action. I really like that. And I must add, by the way, uh, I have my lovely wife here with me in the studio, Spirit Change, and um, she will be sharing some thoughts with us uh, about what we are reading. And, and, and I also invite, as I mentioned before, those of you who would like to, you can call in. Or if you want to share your thoughts in the chat room, please feel free to do so. I'll be right back with you in a moment. Please hold on. I chose. 
I make I make everything a ritual, and I I always do my best. Taking a shower is a ritual for us for me, and with that action, I told my body how much I love it. I feel and enjoy the water on my body. I do my best to fulfill the needs of my body. I do my best to give to my body and to receive that my body gives back to me. In India, they perform a ritual called Pauja. In this ritual, they take idols that represent God in many different forms and bathe them, feed them, and give them their love back to them. They even chant matches to these idols. The idol itself is, is, itself is not important, but what is important is the way they perform the ritual, the way they say, I love you, God. God is life. God is life in action. The best way to say, I love you, God, is to live your life doing your best. The best way to say, thank you, God, is by letting go of the past and living in the present moment, right here, and now. Whatever life takes away from you, let it go. When you surrender and let go of the past, you allow yourself to be fully alive in the moment. Letting go of the past means you can enjoy the dream that is happening right now. If you're living in a past dream, you don't enjoy what is happening right now because you will always wish it would be different than it is. There is no time to miss anyone or anything because you are alive. Not enjoying what is happening right now is living in the past and being only half alive. This leads to self-pity, suffering, and tears. You were born with the right to be happy. You were born with the right to love, to enjoy, to share your love, and you were were alive. So take your life and enjoy it. Don't resist life passing through you, because that is God's passing through you. Just your existence proves the existence of God. Your existence proves the essence or the existence of life and energy. You don't need to know or prove anything. Just to be, just to take a risk and enjoy your life is all that matters. Say no when you want to say no. Say yes when you want to say yes. You have the right to be you. You can only be you when you do your best. When you don't do your best, you are denying yourself the right to be you. And that's a seed that you should really nurture in your mind. You don't need knowledge or great philosophical concepts. You don't need the acceptance of others. You express your own divinity by being alive and by knowing, loving yourself and others. It is an expression of God to say, hey, I love you. The first three agreements will only work if you do your best. And don't expect that you will always be able to be impeccable with the word. Your routine habits are too strong and, and firmly rooted in your mind. But you can do your best. And don't expect that you will never take anything personally. Just do your best. And don't expect that you will never make another Assumption that you can certainly do your best. By doing your best, the habits of misusing your your words, taking things personally, and making assumptions will become weaker and less frequent with time. You don't need to judge yourself, feel guilty, or punish yourself. 
If you can not keep these agreements, if you're doing your best, you will feel good about yourself, even if you still make assumptions and take things personally and still are not impeccable with your word. If you do your best always, over and over again, you will become a master of self-transformation, and your practice makes the master. By doing your best, you become a master. Everything you have ever learned, you learn through repetition. You learn to write, to drive, to even walk by repetition. You are a master of speaking your language because you practice. Action is what makes the difference. Oh, that's interesting. I, I, I was thinking of uh, forgiveness. Hello, everybody. Hi. <laughs> uh, this is my wife, Spirit Change, who's with me in the studio. And as most of you know, uh, she has a great show that comes on every Sunday morning. And uh, the show is really with the essence in, of uh, transformation. Transformation, yes, indeed. And part of that transformation is being able to... Uh, Do your best. Ah. Uh, <laughs> yes, and then you also have a, a, a page on Facebook uh, dealing with forgiveness. Right. And uh, Don Miguel is talking about not living in the past. Right. We have to let go of the past. It's not easy sometimes, though. Mm-hmm. But if you do your best, it's still to the best that you're able to if you can let go of the past. You're able to heal at least in increments. You might not have a big massive healing, but you heal little by little, just like how, I mean, let's face it, even with illness, um, I'll use my example with diabetes. I didn't get diabetes overnight. Mm -hmm. It happened little by little, unawares to me, until I went into crisis mode, but just like how you become sick little by little, Right. Healing is incremental. Absolutely. Some people receive overnight healing, and, and they say that's a miracle. Right? It's very possible, right. and it's very widespread, but the average person, I don't believe, heals overnight. Mm-hmm. It's step by step. Right. So a lot of people are, are guilty at times because they're not giving themselves realistic expectations or results. Because they want things to happen very quickly. And like the girl was saying, you know, if you do your best, that's all that matters. That's right. They want things to happen right away. And also, like what you said, they have unrealistic expectations. But also something that I impress upon people is don't compare yourself with somebody else. Mm. If your neighbor next door heals immediately, that's wonderful, but if it's taking you longer to heal from something, that doesn't mean that something's wrong with you mm-hmm. because everyone is different. Mm-hmm. So I always tell everyone, don't fall into, oh, well, so-and-so's, um, so-and-so had a divorce and they healed from it in a month, and, you know, it's been three years and I'm still grieving. Mm-hmm. Fine, fine. Everybody heals at a different rate. And so I, I hear that a lot. You have to do things at your own pace. Like you said, do your best. Not somebody else's best, your own best. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Well, we're going to talk more about that. Right now, I just noticed that we have a caller on, uh, Eric Hope 407, 
if you'd like to share some thoughts with us, or just uh, mention your name and uh, you know whatever you'd like to say, we'd be more than happy to have you uh, share some thoughts. So can you hear us now, four seven? Hello. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in, and if you feel like talking in the middle on your show, please feel free. Um, okay, so we're going to continue reading from where I left off, and uh, we're talking about you are the master speaking your language because you practice. You learn all of our languages because we practice uh, time and time again, beginning from when we first learned how to speak, mainly from our parents and those in our family. Uh, if you do your best in the search for personal freedom and in the search for self-love, you will discover that it is just a matter of time before you find what you're looking for. It's not in, about daydreaming or sitting for hours dreaming and meditation. You have to stand up and be a human. You have to honor the man or woman that you are. Respect your body. Enjoy your body. Love your body. Feed, clean, and heal your body. Exercise and do what makes your body feel good. This is a pleasure to your body. And that is a communion between you and God. You don't need to worship idols of the Virgin Mary, the Christ, or the Buddha. You can if you want to. If it feels good, do it. But your own body is a manifestation of God. And if you honor your body, Everything will change for you. When you practice getting, giving love to every part of your body, you plant seeds of love in your mind where they grow. You will love, honor, and respect your body immensely. Every action that becomes a ritual in which you are honoring God, after that the next step is honoring God with every thought, every emotion, every belief, even what is right or wrong, every thought becomes a communion with God, and you will live a dream without judgments, victimizations, and free of the need to gossip and to abuse yourself. When you honor those four of these four agreements together, there is no way that you will live in hell. There is no way if you are impeccable with your word and if you don't take anything personal if you don't make assumptions, and if you always do your best, then you're going to have a beautiful life. You're going to control your life 100%. The four agreements are a summary of the mastery of transformation. One of the masteries of the Toltec. You transform hell into heaven. The dream of the planets is transformed into your personal dream of heaven. The knowledge is there. It's just waiting for you to use it. The four agreements are there, and you just need to adopt these agreements and respect their meaning and power. Just do your best to honor these agreements. You can make these agreements today. I choose to honor the four agreements. It's so simple and logical that even a child can understand them. But you must have a very strong will, a very strong will to keep these agreements. Why? Well, because whenever we go, or wherever we go, we find that our path is full of obstacles. 
Everyone tries to sabotage our commitment to these new agreements. And everything around us is a more or less a setup for us to break them. And the problem is all the other agreements that are part of the dream of the planet, they are alive and they are very strong. That's why you need to be a great hunter, a great warrior, one who can defend these four agreements with your life. Your happiness, your freedom, and your entire way of living depends on it. The warrior's goal is to transcend this world, to escape from this hell, and never come back. As the poets teach us, the reward is to transcend the human experience of suffering, to become the embodiment of God. That is the reward. We really need to use every bit of power we have to succeed in keeping this agreement, these agreements. I don't expect that I could do it at, at first. Actually, he says, I didn't expect that I could do it at first. And I have fallen many times, but I stood up and kept going. And I fell again, and I kept going. And I didn't feel sorry for myself when I was doing this. There was no way that I felt sorry for myself. I said, if I fall, I am strong enough, I am intelligent enough, I can do it. I stood up and kept going. I fell and I kept going and going. And each time it became easier and easier. Yet in the beginning, it was so hard and so difficult. So if you fall, do not judge. Do not give your judges the satisfaction of turning you into a victim. No, be tough with yourself. Stand up and make the agreement again. Okay, I broke my agreement to be impeccable with my word, and, and I will start all over again. I'm going to keep the four agreements just for today. Today I will be impeccable with my word. I will not take anything personally. I will not make any assumptions, and I'm going to do my best. If you break an agreement, begin again tomorrow and again the next day. It will be difficult at first but each day will become easier and easier until someday you will discover that you are ruling and running your life with these four agreements. And you will be surprised at the way that your life has been transformed. You don't need to be religious or go to church every day. Your love and self-respect are growing and growing. You can do it. If I did it, you can do it also. Do not be concerned about the future. Keep your attention on today and stay in the present moment. Just live one day at a time. Always do your best to keep these agreements, and soon it will be easy for you. Today is the beginning of a new dream. Wow. That's powerful. Transformation. And it's interesting about the synchronicity of of of, uh, of thoughts. You know, we had no uh, inking. My reading this book, The Four Agreements, would lead into you coming upon uh, the book titled Transformation. Right. And towards the end of, you know, of this book, The Four Agreements, he's talking about transformation. You know, that there are no accidents. And I would dare say that there's millions of us on this planet who are gravitating to this whole concept of being transformed, of, of uh, 
allowing themselves and gravitating to whatever sources is need to experience transformation in their lives. So I'm just so happy I'm honored. I give thanks to the most high to be able to be alive and healthy and to have the wherewithal and the intuitiveness to choose this book to read and to share. So uh, I have four seven on the line. I'm going to ask if they would like to share some thoughts with us for a moment. And hello, four seven. Would you like to share some thoughts? Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with me? Oh, well, it's just an interesting topic. I'm thinking about doing your best because what um, Shaman Don Miguel said in the book is that if you can basically get this last agreement of always do your best, that encompasses the other three. Mm-hmm. Because if you do your best to have an impeccable speech, wherever your speech is at right now, you know, you'll, you'll be improving in it. And if you do your best to not take anything personally, you they still take things personally because that's what he said. You know, it's not that it's not that you read this book and it's a quick fix and now you're going to be wonderful and you're not going to make any assumptions and you're going to do your best and, you know, you, it, it's not going to work like that. It's just that at some point you see subtle shifts in your life. You'll start seeing maybe your coworkers might start acting differently around you, and that's because you are now giving off different energy, and they're responding to it. You might see your spouse or your neighbors or your children acting differently, and it's because you're doing your best in all of these areas. So now that energy that you're giving out is coming back to you. And it's interesting how um, Shaman Don Miguel talked about basically the goal is to, you know, not have to deal with this existence. Mm -hmm. And when you read that, I was thinking the existence is in your mind because many people might read that and interpret it to be, oh, well, you know, you want to leave this incarnation or the world should end or, and it's not about that. The transition, it, it's, I've heard someone say, I, I, I've heard people say so many things, I can't remember where anymore, but I'm accrediting this to someone who I don't remember, mm-hmm. okay? But the person said that heaven and hell is in your mind. Absolutely. Heaven and hell is in your mind. So it's that shift in consciousness that takes you into your nirvana, if you would. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily physically having to leave an incarnation and reincarnate into a happier life. or And yes, that's very real. That, that's a true thing. But that's not necessary to experience the change. Mm-hmm. And that change, like you said, and he says, can happen, will happen incrementally. Or instant. Or instant. It, it can, can be miraculous as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's such an interesting uh, uh, 
not theory, actually, it's, it's a proven theory that uh, change can happen in terms of the experience of heaven and hell within. It's in your mind. In your mind. And it's like most, all reality actually is in your mind. And the dream, we have the, the, the individual dream, and then we have the collective dream. And the collective dream has a way of uh, overshadowing your own dream, where you make the collective dream your main reality. But uh, it starts within, within, within self. Well, here's evidence of that. And people at the same job doing the same thing, working in the same unit. Yeah. One person can't stand their job because X, Y, Z. The other person loves their job. Mm-hmm. Life is what you make it. Mm. Life is what you make it. So the person, so the, the job didn't change. The mm. job description didn't change. This person hates it. They're miserable. They hate to come to work every day. This person is like, I don't know what to talk. I don't know what they're talking about. This is a great job. That's evidence right there. Heaven and hell is in your mind because the job itself is identical. You have the same set of duties. You have the same boss. Mm-hmm. You have the same everything, but. Whatever perception causes that person's reality, they see it this way, the other person sees it another way. And as you talked about earlier, uh, a lot of people go to work uh, for the reward, but not taking it in action, not just so that they will experience work and then embrace the work as an action that's, that's uh, enjoyable. They can't wait until Friday or Saturday to come along. And... and is, is very difficult to challenge to change that mindset. Because many people that you probably out of those ten people, maybe eight or nine of them, are the type that can't wait until Friday comes. They don't like what they're doing. And if you turn your work mindset, you make a paradigm shift of understanding that yes, every action that you have that you can that you embark upon, if you can just transcend and, and get into the mode of saying that I love being in action. I love doing what I'm doing. You know, it's not it's not a chore. It's a joy. And before you know it, uh, you are being rewarded, even when you don't even you don't even expect rewards. It's it's having a shift in your attitude mm-hmm. about what you're doing. And true, there are many jobs that we that we've held. I know I've I've had jobs that I just couldn't stand that job. Mm-hmm. But not but hating the job this isn't going to make it any better. The idea is to try to figure out, well, what what part of this job do I like that I can focus on Mm -hmm. so that I can make it through my day until one of the numerous resumes that I'm sending out comes through and I can accept another position elsewhere because no one's saying, oh, stay in a bad situation. Reality is your reality. Mm -hmm. You're entitled to it. But even within a bad situation or a negative situation, uh, you can still flourish and prosper and have abundance and do what you have to do until you can get out of that situation. So we still go back to heaven and hell. It's in your mind. You can change your way of thinking until you can do whatever is necessary to physically go somewhere else. And then you would not have had all of that negative buildup in your aura. Mm-hmm. And, and I like what he says also about the body. 
are true to your body, it's, 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 I used to say it's God's gift to you. But if you are, if you, if you love your body and treat your body, you're, you're actually loving God. You know, in so many ways, you, you're respecting the most high. And so many of us are conditioned to think that, oh, our body is not that important. You, you, don't, you don't treat it as the best that you can. So you're doing your best. Yes, indeed. That starts with uh, doing your best in terms of uh, taking care of yourself, your body, with good health practices, and, um, and respecting other people's uh, health, as it were, and encouraging each other to be healthy, to live a healthy life. Going back to that job piece, you don't like your job, he talks about how some people will go to, you know, drink, get drunk, just so they can self-medicate, and take away the stress and the tension and the guilt and so forth. So, uh, you know, I'm just so happy. This covers so much. It's very simple, but it's very comprehensive, these, these agreements, these principles. Most of the spiritual principles are very simple. Yeah. And they were designed to be simple because the most high and the creator, the universe, the higher power, whatever name someone wants to ascribe to that energy which is higher than us, I, I say the most high. Yes. And uh, the most high does not set out to trick us. The most high is not this evil energy that sits in the corner saying, yeah, let me make it difficult. I'll yes. stick it to them. It doesn't work that way. Absolutely. It's designed. It's designed to be simple. Mm-hmm. We, in our humanness, make simple things difficult. That's why the spiritual laws were never designed to be difficult. They were designed to help us make it in our lifetimes. But many of us who ignore the laws or there are many of us who also are not aware of them, which is why we do our radio programs and do what we do, so that those that might not have been um, exposed to spiritual laws we have an opportunity to assist them in their healing and in their transformation by just even talking about things that they might not be aware of. It's no one's fault Absolutely. if they're not aware of something. So we, you know, we try to um, talk about as many different spiritual subjects as we can so that people can get awareness. And we also invite people to call in and share with us because I don't know about you, honey, but I don't know everything. I love listening to other points of view and because I, I learn things. And even if I don't agree with someone, even if I don't want to ascribe to somebody else's orientation, mm-hmm. it's a blessing to me to learn what's going on in the world because I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. I know my little corner of what I do. And I only know parts of that because mm-hmm. as you and I were talking about before, um, I would have to live several hundred years, literally several hundred years to fully know what I do, (laughs) okay? So I I love when other people call in or, you know, send letters or emails or snail mail or what have you Mm -hmm. and just um, share their points of view and their orientation. There's just so much to know. There's so much to know. I, 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 I second that for encouraging those people who are experts, have expertise in their particular uh, persuasion and concentration to call in and to share with us uh, uh, that knowledge that you have and to call in to be invited as a guest, as it were, 
Yes, indeed. We, we can only know as much as we collectively share amongst ourselves. So, uh, with that being said, and we're at the end of the book. Actually, that was the last chapter, the last principle. Uh, Sean and uh, Don Miguel, he talks about breaking old agreements. And everyone, he says, talks about freedom. All around the world, different people, different races, different countries are fighting for freedom. But what if freedom in America, we speak of living in a free country, but we are really free. Are we free to be who we really are? The answer is no. We are not free. True freedom has to do with the human spirit. It is the freedom to be who we really are. What stops us from feeling free? We blame the government, we blame the weather, we blame our parents, we blame religion, we blame God. Who really stops us from being free? Well, we stop ourselves. What does it really mean to be free? Sometimes we get married and we say that we lose our freedom, that we, and then we get divorced, and we still are not free. What stops us? Why can't we be ourselves? We have memories of long ago when we used to be free, and we love being free, but we have forgotten what freedom really means. If we see a child who is two or three, perhaps three or four years old, we find a free human. Why is this human free? Because this human does whatever he or she wants to do. The human is completely wild, just like a flower, a tree, or an animal that has not been domesticated. Wild. And if we observe humans who are two years old, we find that most of the time these humans have a big smile on their face, and they're having fun. They are exploring the world. They are not afraid to play. They are afraid when they are hurt, when they are hungry, when some of their needs are not met. But they don't worry about the past and don't care about the future and only live in the present moment. Every very young children are not afraid to express what they feel. They are so loving that if they perceive love, they melt into love. They are not afraid to love at all. That is the description of a normal human being. As children, we are not afraid of the future or ashamed of the past. Our normal human tendency is to enjoy life, to play and to explore, and to be happy and to love. But what has happened with the adult human? Why are we so different? Why are we not wild? From the point of view of the victim, we can say that something sad happened to us. And from the point of view of the warrior, we can say that what happened to us is normal. What has happened is that we have the book of law, the big judge, and the victim who rules our lives. We are no longer free because the judge, the victim, and the belief system don't allow us to be who we really are. And once our minds have been programmed with all that garbage, 
we are so we're no longer happy. This chain of training from human to human, from generation to generation, is perfectly normal in human society. You don't need to blame your parents for teaching you to be like them. What else could they teach you? Teach you, but what they know. They did the best they could. And if they abused you, it was due to their own domestication, their own fears, their own beliefs. They had no control over the programming they received, so they couldn't have behaved any differently. There's no need to blame your parents or anyone who abused you in your life, including yourself. But it is time to stop the abuse. It is time to free yourself of the tyranny of the judge by changing the foundation of your own agreements. It is time to be free from the rule of the victim. That's a heavy. So many of us justify our feeling sad and unhappy by the fact that we were victimized or mis- misused and abused by our parents, siblings, and other people close to us in our lives. And of course, there is a certain modality of, of therapy and treatment that those of us in the Western society have been influenced by in terms of going to a psychologist or psychiatrist and getting treatment. And a lot of that has been related to, yes, how were you treated when you were a youngster, when you were a child? And of course, we latch on to that. But what Donald Brown is saying is that, no, that's not the way to go. We don't hold on to that. There's some credence to that, some justification in terms of you remembering that and what have you. But the thing is to pull yourself away from that mindset. And it's interesting, he says, your parents do what they do what they do. They did their best under the circumstances. Hmm. So that that in itself is can be a relief if one can just meditate on that or contemplate that particular uh, point of view that uh, Charmin Donald uh, shares with us, is that we live in the present moment and there's a piece about that which he doesn't, he doesn't emphasize in terms of forgiveness. But living in the present moment allows us to experience trans- transformation, be able to transcend the hellish mindset that we are perhaps living in because of the fact that we are victimizing ourselves. We're not forgiving uh, those who we feel have abused us. And, of course, most of all, we're not forgiving ourselves for being abused. Oh, that says a lot. The real you is still a little child who never grew up. And sometimes that little child comes out when you are having fun or playing when you feel happy, when you're painting or writing poetry or playing the piano or expressing yourself in some way. These are the happiest moments of your life when the real you comes out, when you don't care about the past and you don't worry about the future. You're childlike. But there is something that changes all that. We call them responsibilities. The judge says, wait a second. You're responsible. You have things to do. You have to work. You have to go to school. You have to earn a living. All these responsibilities come to mind, and our face changes and becomes serious again. 
And if you watch children when they are playing the ghosts, you will see their little faces change. Let's pretend I'm a lawyer. And right away, their faces change. The adult face takes over. We go to court, and that is the face we are. And that is what we are. We are still children, but we have lost our freedom. The freedom we are looking for is the freedom to be ourselves, to express ourselves. And if we look at our lives, we will see that most of the time, we do things just to please others, just to be accepted by others, rather than living our lives to please ourselves. That is what has happened to our freedom. And we see in our society and all the societies around the world that for every thousand people, 999 are completely domesticated. And the worst part is that most of us are not even aware that we are not free. There is something inside that this is to us that we are not free, but we do not understand what it is and why we are not free. The problem with most people is that they live their lives and never discover that the judge and the victim rule their mind, and therefore they don't have a chance to be free. The first step towards personal freedom is awareness. We need to be aware that we are not free in order to be free. We need to be aware that the problem is in order to solve the problem. Awareness is always the first step because if you are not aware, there's nothing you can change. If you're not aware that your mind is full of wounds and emotional poison, you cannot begin to clean and heal the wounds, and you will continue to suffer. There is no reason to suffer. With awareness, you can recall and say, this is enough. You can look for a way to heal and transform your personal dream. The dream of the planet is just a dream. It is not even real. If you go into the dream and start challenging your beliefs, you will find that most of the beliefs that guided you into the wounded mind are not even true. You will find that you, have, that you suffered all those years of drama for nothing. Why? Because the belief system that was put inside your mind is based on lies. That is why it is important for you to master your own dream. And that is why the Toltecs become, became dream masters. Your life is the manifestation of your dreams. It is an art. And you can change your life anytime if you aren't enjoying the dream. Dream masters create a masterpiece of life. They control the dream by making choices. Everything has consequences, and the dream master is aware of the consequences. To be Toltec is a way of life. It is a way of life where there are no leaders and no followers, where you have your own truth and live your own truth. A Toltec becomes wise, becomes loud, and becomes free again. There are three masteries that lead people to become Toltecs. First is the mastery of awareness. This is to be aware of who we really are with all the possibilities. The second is the mastery of transformation how to change, how to be free of domestication. The third is the mastery of intent. Intent from the positive point of view is that part of life that makes transformation of energy possible. It is the one living being that seamlessly encompasses all energy of, of what we call God. 
Intent is life itself. It is unconditional love. The mastery of intent is therefore the mastery of love. When we talk about the Toltec path to freedom, we find that they have an entire map for breaking free of domestication. They compare the judge, the victim, and the belief system to a parasite that invades the human mind. And from the Toltec point of view, all humans are, who are domesticated are sick. They are sick because there is a parasite that controls the mind and controls the brain. The food for the parasite is the negative emotions that come from fear. And if we look at the description of the parasite, we find that a parasite is a living being who lives off the other beings, sucking their energy without any useful contribution, uh, I'm sorry, without any useful contribution in return, and hurting their hopes little by little. The judge, the victim, and the belief system fit these descriptions very well. And together they can comprise a living being made of psychic or emotional energy, and that energy is alive. Of course, it is not material energy, but rather that neither are emotions material energy. Our dreams are not material energy either, but we know that they exist. And one function of the brain is to transform material energy into emotional energy. And our brain is the factory of the emotions. And we have said that the main function of the mind is to dream. The Toltecs believe that the parasite, the judge, the victim, and the belief system, has control of their mind. It controls their personal dream. And the parasite dreams through your mind and lives its life through your body. It survives on the emotions that come from fear and thrive on drama and suffering. And the freedom that we seek is to use our own mind and body to live our own life instead of the life of the belief system. Whenever when we do discover that the mind is controlled by the judge and the victim and the real us is in the corner, we have just two choices. Our choice is to keep living the way we are, to surrender to the judge and the victim, to keep living in the dream of the planet. And the second choice is to do what we do as children when parents try to domesticate us. We can rebel and say no. We can declare a war against the parasite, a war against the judge and the victim, a war for our independence, a war for the right to use our own mind and our own brain. That is why in all the shamanic traditions in America, from Canada to Argentina, people call themselves warriors because they are in a war against the parasite and the mind. That is the real meaning of a warrior. The warrior is one who rebels against the invasion of the parasite. The warrior rebels and declares a war. But to be a warrior doesn't mean that we always win the war. We may win or we may lose but we always do our best, and at least we have a chance to be free again. And choosing this path gives us at least, the very least, the dignity of rebellion and ensures that we will not be the helpless victim of our own whimsical emotions or the poisonous emotion of others. Even if we succumb to the enemy, the parasite, we will not be among those victims who would not fight back. At best, 
being a warrior gives us an opportunity to transcend the dream of the planet and to change our personal dreams to dreams that we call heaven. Just like hell, heaven is a place that exists within our mind. It is a place of joy, a place where we are happy, where we are free to love and to be who we really are. We can reach heaven while we are alive. We don't have to wait until we die. God is always present, and the kingdom of heaven is everywhere. But first, we need to have the eyes and ears to see and hear what that truth is. We need to be free of the parasite. The parasite can be compared to a monster with a thousand heads, and every head of the parasite is one of the fears that we have. If we want to be free, we have to destroy the parasite. And one solution is to attack the parasite head by head, which means we face each of our fears one by one. And this is a slow process, but it works. And every time we face one of the fears, we are a little more free. A second approach is to stop feeding the parasite. If we don't give the parasite any food, we kill the parasite by starvation. And to do this, we have to gain control of our emotions. We have to refrain from feeling the emotions that come from fear. And this is easy to say, but it is very difficult to do, of course. It is difficult because the judge and the victim control our mind. And the third solution is called the intention initiation of the dead. The initiation of the dead is found in many traditions and esoteric schools around the world. We find it in Egypt, India, Greece, and America. And this is a symbolic death which kills the parasite without harming our physical bodies. When we die, symbolically, the parasite has to die. And this is faster than the first two solutions. It is not even more difficult to do. We need a great deal of courage to face the angel of death. We need to be very strong. So let's take a closer look at each of these solutions when we come back. Please hold on. We'll be back with you in a moment. Uh, his 
book titled The Four Agreements. And I mentioned earlier that my family and I, uh, we do share on the show certain habits and nutritional uh, diets that we embrace. And I just wanted to share with you the fact that I have a product that I've been using uh, for the last seven years. And it's uh, a product that comes from Brazil. Uh, it's a holistic healing remedy for uh, cleansing the blood. It's an antioxidant. And it's a fruit that's found in Brazil named acai. And the product is named, the, the bottle itself, which uh, contains this acai, is uh, named Frida Vida, manufactured by a company by the name of Poor Image. And we're offering a free bottle to those of you who are listening and, and who are listening on the archives. I'm not sure how long this will last, but you can get a free bottle by just paying for the shipping and handling. It's a 32-ounce bottle, and I uh, drink this on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, I'm a marathon runner, and it's helped me to train for the marathon and even uh, doing the running of the marathon and recovering from the marathon uh, this has been able to. This product has been able to energize me. Uh, my wife also has found it to be helpful in uh, her managing her blood sugar level, and so it has all kinds of uh, medicinal attributes, from blood pressure, uh, monitoring, uh, lowering your blood sugar level, heart disease, um, getting rid of plaque within your arteries, just on and on. Uh, quite a few benefits that you can derive from it. This particular product also has two other ingredients. One is called uh, capucho, which is another fruit and an antioxidant ingredient, and another ingredient called yerba mate, which comes from the uh, caffeine family, and that gives you a uh, instantaneous spark of energy. So I just wanted to share that with you. And also, uh, the book, the four agreements can be purchased from my page, my blog talk page. Feel free to click on the picture of the book, and that will take you to a site at Amazon.com, which you can uh, have a secure purchase of the book. Some of them are discount below uh, suggested retail value, as a matter of fact. And uh, feel free also to go to my site at uh, drumsofchange.com and to purchase the four agreements and other books that I have listed on my in my bookstore. As well as drums. I have an adult drum store page link and a children's drum store page link that you'll be able to uh, avail yourself of uh, quality manufactured and crafted drums at uh, bargain uh, bargain rates. So I just wanted to share that with you. And again, uh, I want to thank you for spending your evening with us this Saturday evening. And uh, I look forward to you tuning in again next Saturday when we uh, complete the end of the four agreements. And by the way, I encourage all of you to uh, spread the word and to tune in every Sunday morning to my wife's show. Uh, we've been having some exciting uh, 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 moments of reading uh, the book called The Transformation. Correct? Yes, it's, uh, well, we started the book last week, and 
Basically, we're looking to assist people in transforming their lives in 2011. We're not talking about broken promises or any of those types of things. We're talking about being proactive individually and, and collectively so that people are able to see real results in their lives. There's so many techniques and so many, there's just so many things going on and then a year passes by, two years pass by, and I, I just hear so many people voicing their disappointment. Well, I tried this and I tried that and it didn't work and they took my money and such and such and they had me in this workshop and they had me doing this and that. And, you know, I hear a lot of that. It's very real. It's very difficult to break old habits which prevent you from being successful. People have lived decades and have never really experienced lasting success. And that's the thing. I think many people will be successful and then it doesn't last. It's fleeting. And that's very frustrating. And the question is, what am I doing wrong? Why is it that I cannot realize the type of life that I desire, that I've dreamed about forever in this incarnation? Why is it not happening for me? And so we're talking about that through transformation because you do have to transform, but the transformation goes back a lot further than most people realize it. So we're going to be getting into that tomorrow when we go into Chapter 2 of the book, which talks now we're getting into the meat of it. Last week we gave a great overview, and we talked, um, we talked about how many fears, patterns, have actually been carried over from previous incarnations. And we ask people to, our ground rules, I believe, was to keep an open mind. Remember we had ground rules? Yes, Basically, just, just keep an open mind. Just um, allow yourself to see that there's a possibility that these things might be real. Mm. And we said to the, the other ground rule was, pretend you were a scientist. Mm. Have fun with this. This is not a rigid, technical process. We want you to have fun with it, and we want you to be curious, and we want you to keep an open mind. Because if you truly desire change, and you're 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and you're not getting results from whatever it is you're doing, mm -hmm. at least consider the possibility that what we're exposing you to on this program just might work. If nothing else works, you actually don't have anything to lose. So keep an open mind. Have fun with it. Be a scientist. Consider the possibility Absolutely. that, you know, we're talking about something here. I can break out of my old patterns. My old patterns, my previous fears are what's keeping me from realizing the type of life that I want to have in this incarnation. And I'm ready to go full speed ahead. Last week, at the end of the show, we talked about writing um, a declaration or a statement of intent. And that statement of intent could simply be, let's say if I was writing my own statement of intent, I'd use my own name. I, Spirit Change, hereby declare to do whatever I have to do to break out of unhealthy habits that have not served me thus far so that I can learn new habits, get rid of old fears, 
and have the life of my dreams, period. That's a simple statement of intent. You can make it more complicated. You can, you can make it any way that you want to. Well, we talked last week about statements of intent, and I'm hoping that some of our listeners call in tomorrow and might even share one or two of their statements of intent with us so that those that might have struggled with it during the week can have a sample of what someone else is like. Mm-hmm. So, so we're looking forward to tomorrow very much so we can get into the first crippling fear that we're talking about. And it's not a secret. It's the fear of authority. That's what we're going to be talking about tomorrow, the fear of authority. Mm-hmm. And many people have that. And it prevents them from living their lives. Not the fear of authority at work or fear of being pulled over by a police car or have the fear of authority right in your home with your kids. It can, it can cripple you. It can prevent you from self-actualizing. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to tomorrow's show. And, you know, I, I'm looking forward to being very lively and interactive and, and people just really being open, be open and honest and say, yes, I've had this fear and I don't know where it came from and blah, blah, blah. And as a result of that fear, these are so many things that are happening or not happening in my life because I have this fear of authority. So that's what we're doing tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock. Definitely looking forward to that. I am also very much so. And I love these four readings. You have me thinking while we were reading because just um, this morning, okay, you, you were talking just now about people not having to forgive themselves for being abused and their parents or other people in their lives basically did what they learned. You can, you can only teach what you've been taught. Yes. So if you've been taught as a child to be abused and be submissive and people can knock you around or do whatever it is that, that however they abuse you, so you grow up that way. Mm-hmm. And this morning, remember I told you last night, I was watching Oprah oh, yeah. as a supermodel, Beverly Johnson, mm-hmm. stated that she's a victim of domestic violence. Oh. And that thought ran through my head when you were reading the book. Mm-hmm. And that's another synchronicity. Yes. People can, now who would think the fabulous, gorgeous, awesome Beverly Johnson mm-hmm. was a victim of, of uh, domestic violence? The show was not not right. She was talking about, I believe she said that, you know, it's like in in her latter years she was a victim of domestic violence. I'm pretty sure if I'm wrong, don't quote me on it, you know, because I was doing, I was multitasking while I was watching the show. But um, that's that's just really something. But you can, you know, again, from from Shaman Don's book, you can only do what you've been taught so apparently somewhere along the line, she experienced that, if not in this incarnation, a previous one, which enabled her to be in that in, in such a horrible situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we, we tend to think that uh, we are unique in terms of our uh, experiences when it comes to us living in a state of hell. And it's just uh, uh, an eye-opener when you find out that those people who you feel have been living in a heavenly environment, having a heavenly experience, they were living in hell also. Oh, yes. And it's down to, well, uh, 
Chamberdown mentioned that uh, all over the world we have people who are domesticated, as it were, expression, and playing the part of the victim and uh, judging themselves and not forgiving themselves for being exposed to whatever hell they're trying to be they've experienced. So I thank you for sharing that because that's something that's very, you know, I speak values. Those people who we consider to be beautiful and very wealthy and rich and have it all going on are going through hellish experiences or have gone through hellish experiences. And the point that's interesting also is that being able to admit it to yourselves. But that's kind of that's very therapeutic when she's able to go on national TV and admit that. A lot of people will have the forced pride and we're not going to admit anything like that. It would be very easy for Beverly Johnson to just never have told anyone that because she's gorgeous, she's fabulous, she's world-renowned. She she didn't have to tell anybody that. Exactly. So she's actually... Uh, she's a facilitator. She's a, facilitator. she's a warrior. Yes. She's a warrior. But she's saying, I'm not going to allow this to keep me down, to hold back my happiness. And then also I'm going to do what's necessary so that other people can not not continue to suffer like I've suffered. Well, that's what I love so much about Oprah. I mean, I believe she is the richest woman in, in the country, right? Uh, the richest woman in entertainment. In entertainment, right. right. And uh, what I find awesome about Oprah is for her to admit the abuse that she suffered you know, the, the sexual abuse and everything by her family members. And, yes. you know, that's an awesome thing, and that's a healing thing. That's why I have so much respect for her, because she could just live a wonderful life and travel all over the world with all of her financial resources, and she never had to she never had to talk about any of those things. But she's doing it because Oprah is on a mission to help others to heal. Absolutely. So she put her personal life out there, and that's, that's just awesome mm-hmm. of her. Well, you know, we, we have to acknowledge those of us who have the courage and, and the desire to give and share and to uh, be the warrior on whatever level they can be. And we can all do that first with ourselves, you know, finding the courage to, to let that warriorship come out, which is about uh, practicing the four agreements, especially the last one, doing your best, because that just embellishes all the other three. There are probably three other ones we discussed. And then uh, to inspire those around us to, to, uh, to be the warrior, to be the spiritual warrior that we are capable of being. So... Uh, yeah, I just want to thank everyone. We're going to be closing the show at this point. And I just want to uh, really uh, say that we appreciate those of you who uh, tune in and come in on the chat room and, of course, those who listen in the archives. Uh, we, we just uh, thank you so much for spending that time. And we just encourage you to share what you've heard and learn anything we've learned from the readings and the thoughts that we've shared to share that with others so this can become a viral, positive, healthy uh, uh, injection of, of healing knowledge amongst us all uh, throughout the cyber world and in our personal uh, 
family and community uh, so that we can become healed collectively as well as individually. So again, I want to thank you for tuning in. And uh, we're going to end as we begin by paying acknowledge, paying and acknowledging uh, those who make it possible for us to uh, entertain having a show such as this. But I have a prayer that was uh, created by Marianne Williamson, which uh, is very dear to my wife and I, that we've shared for the recent shows that we've, uh, that we've had. And it's a morning prayer, but it's applicable to all during the day as well as the evening. And it's, dear God, I give this day to you, and may my mind stay centered on the things of spirit. And may I not be tempted to stray from love. And as I begin this day, I open to receive you, and please enter where you already abide. May my mind and heart be pure and true, and may I not deviate from the things of goodness. May I see the love and innocence in all mankind behind the masks we all wear and the illusions of this worldly plane. I surrender to you my doings this day. I ask only that they serve you and the healing of the world. And may I bring your love and goodness with me to give unto others wherever I go. Make me the person you would have me be. Direct my footsteps and show me what you would have me do. Make the world a safe and more beautiful place. Bless all your creatures, heal us all, and use me, dear Lord, that I might know the joy of being used by you. Amen. Ashe. Ashe. So, again, uh, we end the show by uh, giving honor and, and paying homage uh, to the Most High for allowing this show to take place. And I think we thank our ancestors and, and send blessings of love and respect to our elders, uh, to my mother-in-law, my siblings, family members, friends and associates, and my lovely wife, Spirit Change. So we end by saying good evening, Alafia Hetepu, Namaste, Shalom, Assalamu alaikum, peace and blessings, and I continue to extend greetings of peace, and we recognize the divinity within all of you. Blessings.